0: Hello, and my name is Peter Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners and professionals just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, We're here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is, just real, frank, and raw conversations. Hello, I'm joined today by Leslie O'Brien, OBE. Leslie has got an OBE for diversity and inclusion, and this week I did a live with her for International Women's Day. It was absolutely so insightful and really, really good listen. So please do enjoy it. I hope you get some really great insights from it, and do share it with your friends. Enjoy. Hello, Leslie.
1: Good morning, afternoon, Peter. Hi.
0: Good morning, Leslie. Oh, good morning, <laughs> afternoon. How are you? Let me just I'm very little...
1: well, thank you. How are you?
0: Yeah, very good, thank you. The picture looks a bit better that way around. I think just Hi. pulled us back in together. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good, thank you. Um, sorry, is everything well with you? Did you have a nice weekend, Leslie?
1: I had a lovely weekend, thank you. I've had a bit of a manic morning. I've had a few IT problems, and that's my absolute worst nightmare. So actually, I feel it's lovely to have a little calm uh, hour with you where it can just relax and, and not think about IT, and hopefully this will all go to plan.
0: Amazing. Yeah, Um I, I, it, it will absolutely go to plan. We we started just in time, so I have got a history of failing with LinkedIn, where I start that I, I rush too much and end up starting too late, and um, it can be a bit of a challenge to to get back on track. But yeah, fingers crossed, everything's going fine. I've got green ticks where I need green ticks, so oh, yeah, we're going live as we are. So yeah, absolutely, Leslie, it, it's an absolute honour and a pleasure to be joined by you today uh for this live and to talk about your half dozen things which will be recorded as as part of the session and we'll go on on, on the podcast as well um so are you able to just sort of give a brief introduction to, of yourself to, to to those in in my audience that are listening that may not have come across you before leslie
1: oh gosh th- this is the hardest thing um
0: <laughs> yeah. no, to
1: myself. okay so uh, i'm leslie o'brien um, I live in the world of, of transport, so 40 years in, in, in this world. I'm currently a partner at Great Link Europe, which is the business with myself and my husband, fleet of vehicles. And although it sounds like we do international trade, that's my background. We actually specialise in general haulage throughout the UK. I also run a transport consultancy, uh, focusing on um, compliance with operators, licence. Standards and driver CPC training. And my latest baby, as you can see, is Great People, which is a forum for people who work in the world of transport for us to come together, share our issues, share our challenges, and uh, best practice solutions. So we have a we always have a talk on a hot topic. And then
0: the opportunity for us to ask questions of the experts. Awesome, awesome. No, and Freight People sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, apologies, Maggie's just come into the office. She's training today, and uh, I've just heard the door go. So, yeah, apologies for that in the background. Freight People, I absolutely love that. And um, I can't wait to actually get on and join one of your sessions. How often are they running at the moment, and, and and where can people find out about those?
1: Yeah, please do. So it's always the the third Tuesday of every month from eight o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock if you just google www.threadpeople.co.uk. So the next month is the sixth, or this month is the sixteenth of March, and we will be talking about vulnerable road users and the direct vision standard. So if you don't know about the direct vision standard, you should please. Come along and if you don't have a vulnerable road user policy and you haven't done your risk assessment and you haven't trained your staff, then please do come along. We have some great speakers. Uh, We have uh, Mike Colbone from Tarmac. We have Sam Weller from Transport for London and we also have uh, DAF Trucks talking about the future of of safety on, on trucks. So it's very, very laid back, very much, very much like this, really, um, Pete. Awesome. And the idea is that it's for everybody. So it's not just business owners. It's for people on the desk. It's for drivers. So that we can have a really, really good, um, inclusive and diverse audience.
0: Uh. Leslie, yeah, I'll tell you what—it sounds absolutely incredible. I can't wait to uh, listen in, actually. And D- well, DVS is a headache for a lot of people. But I tell you, what, if, if, pe- if people are running trucks and not heard of it, I hope they're not going into London because it's going to be a bit costly. Is, uh, uh, is, is all is I am It is going
1: to Five hundred pounds fine, and a fine for the for the driver. And ju- obviously, I wear I wear two hats because from my wearing my transport hat, you know, this is this is very costly for operators. Uh, and it, obviously, it starts in London, but it will spread throughout the UK. And, and not only that, but we've got to t- contend with um, the uh, low emission zones. And you know, have we got Euro six vehicles, or are we going to have to to pay for that? And an industry that um, you know works on very very low margins. I think we're going to see a lot of operators just saying, "Well, we we cannot afford to to continue." So it's it's really uh, hard. Uh, for operators at the moment, um, and of course, we are key workers.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Key worker status as well. <laughs> um, Leslie, I, um, I, it's it's an absolute pleasure for you to, to join me and uh, obviously for us to record this and also put it on as part of my podcast as well, which is around a half dozen things. So one of the things as Leslie and I prepared for today's live and the session today was around um, what, the, what are those half dozen things for success? For Leslie, who who has had an absolutely amazing career in the transport sector, um, and uh, you, you came across your, your half dozen things, which are follow your passion, having courage, the importance of allies, following your values, passion, and uh, I'll leave the last one as a bit of a surprise for people because it make them listen to the end. I don't I don't like
1: right.
0: <laughs> That's fine. I'll, I'll I'll remind you as we go through. Okay. Leslie. But talk to, talk to me a bit more about following your passion and why why that's so important for you.
1: I think passion is the, is the biggest one um, for me. Uh, and people always kind of I feel like I've got to say something really, really intelligent and, and deep here, but, but throughout my life, the, the only way I've succeeded is through following, uh, following my passion. Uh, and that's why I, I always say to people, especially young people who, who don't know what they do want to do, just like I didn't. then if you don't know what you want, know what you want to do, Follow your passion, because if you follow your passion, that's probably something that you're really, really good at. And if you're good at something, you normally succeed. And if you succeed and you're successful, that, that attracts uh People and when that attracts people, they want to bring you along board and and they want you to work with them. So so my passion was was languages and I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. I, I certainly didn't think I wanted to come into the world of transport. I, I didn't even know what the world of transport was, but I, I loved languages. So that that's what that's what I, I studied. I did a foreign correspondence course, and when I finished that course. I still really didn't know what I wanted to do. But because I was passionate about languages and I was mixing with other people who were passionate about languages, I got a call from um, Viajes Cresta, Thompson Holidays, uh, for me to go out and, and work in, in Spain. So literally, the call on a Monday, Tuesday, I went for the interview. And on the Friday, I, I was in in Spain. And when I came back, for for the winter, I got a job with a transport company. And again, if it hadn't have been for my love of languages and, and pushing myself, that when the person who worked in the French department left, I said, oh, I, I can do that. And then the person in the Swiss department left and I said, I can do that. So again, I, I stepped forward and I was using my languages. And speaking to people in in different countries, and again, it was through speaking to people in France that I got my next opportunity, which was to set up an office for a French company. So none of that was anything to do with business. It was it was following my passion. So if your passion is IT, your f- passion is is physics. Just follow what you're what you're doing um with with enthusiasm so you have to have some commitment uh, if you have passion you naturally have uh, enthusiasm but passion with dedication and, and commitment to me leads to success
0: 100 i think uh, i think that's a fascinating story and background as well how you ended into into transport for, via languages i think that's probably um a, a very unique a, a unique route into transport but um, fascinating nonetheless because it just goes to show how i think it's always the people who have got the have got the passion and the the courage that they go and solve the problems right because they want to they want to make a difference they want to help and and then when you solve problems that that makes a that makes a real real impact as well so yeah mm-hmm. fa- fascinating and, and and your second area leslie is around courage. So um obviously we talked a bit when we when we sort of prepared and we've had a really nice conversation around courage and whatever. So I can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Sorry to um <laughs> put, put it on you there. But talk to me a bit more about courage and why that's so important for you.
1: Okay. Well I think when you have passion, just going back to passion, I think when you have when you oh, have sorry. No, no I am moving on to courage. But I think when you have when you're passionate about something it brings confidence. <laughs> and people think that you are confident and that's not necessarily the the case and sometimes you have to call upon your courage <laughs> to to push yourself forward so so i know that that i come across as as a very confident person and 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 yes i am a confident person now but that wasn't that wasn't always the the case and i had to call upon uh, all of my powers to, to step into the arena of transport, which is a really male-dominated um, field. So I would always have this, this little voice, this little voice uh, saying to me, what if they find out this? What if I'm not good enough? What if I, ca- I can't do, do this? And it's a, it was a real challenge to overcome that, that little voice but what I say to people is that I'm very fortunate because I am schizophrenic and I have another little voice. And that other little voice, which I know you've fallen in love with now, Pete, um, it is, is my mother. And I think kind of um, 75% of, of what we become it comes from our parents and, and what our parents teach us. And that little voice of of my mother was, my girls will stand on their own two feet. Don't come to me crying if someone's hit you. You go back and you hit them them harder. And the third one was, don't forget your rainy day fund. So whenever I was in um, a position of, of conflict or time was hard and I thought I couldn't achieve that, courage came forward and the little voice of of my mother and that there's there's lots of, of times when when I've had that when I felt oh I can't step step forward. There are times where I remember sitting on a couch on a convention with um 60 men and I did not agree with something that was being proposed to me. And this was been the whole topic of the convention, but I didn't agree, I didn't agree with it. it took great courage not to agree. But my mother's voice was stand on your own two feet. And on that coach, I heard one of the guys in French say, if we get Leslie drunk, she'll sign this document. And it took great courage to continue. Um, the other story I, I tell is disciplining a driver, a driver who had come over from France at the time of smuggling beer and alcohol. now it's people. and I've been told to dismiss this, this driver. And so we we'll go through the, the procedure and then it came to appeal and there were two drivers. and the first driver, said to me, Leslie, please, um, please don't get rid of me. Uh, I have a young boy. I'm paying for him to go to school. I was tempted. I think he was offered £2,000. It was a lot of money for me, and it was a lot of money in in those days, and I gave him his job back. The second driver um, pretty much told me I had to give him his job back and was quite aggressive, and, and I didn't, and he leant across the desk and said, "I've never wanted to hit a woman, but I'd love to hit you." And I took all my courage, and leant forward, and and asked him to asked him to to leave in in the words of Alan Sugar, "You're fired." But that's courage that that you have to pull upon. And going to meetings with um, 50, 60 men when I was MD of, of Giro and and running a massive empire. Uh, It can be quite daunting for a woman to be the the only woman there. And that's when you you call on your your courage. So have passion. Be courageous. Don't be frightened to step step, uh, forward. Being present isn't the same as participating. So have the courage to participate and stand by what you believe in and your values
0: amazing i think um if i if i just sort of go back to that that first story about being on the coach and the 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 french men saying if they got you drunk you'd, you'd sign the contract today today obviously is international women's day right and and the hashtag is choose to challenge right yeah and um i think uh would it be fair to say that historically um when when things have been challenged you'd be seen as disruptive or as um, sort of in in a negative light, and, and um, you know, I, I suppose how how was that for you? I know, obviously, you must have had a huge amount of courage, but were you worried about the the ramifications or the negative impact of what what you were doing? And uh, and and I suppose, well, yeah. First of all, how, yeah, let's let's look at that. What what did you feel at that point when you were challenging that? How what was the fear like?
1: Um, it's kind of this this. In, in, in your heart because you, you you're speaking a foreign language so mm-hmm. you're in a foreign country you're speaking a foreign language you're on a coach full of males from from throughout throughout europe so you've none of your support mechanism with you you have none of your allies with you you are pretty much alone so mm-hmm. so what are you going to draw upon And and one of my other things is is value. So you have to draw upon your values. Are you going to be untrue to your values but heave a sigh of relief and get out of this situation? Or are you going to put on your big girl knickers and stand up and stand for what you believe in and... Feel proud of yourself afterwards, and and that's what I did. I pretended I hadn't heard, just carried on, stood my ground, got back to the hotel, didn't join everybody for drinks, just thought, get me out of this situation, Um, and and just just walked away. And it's very easy to say they wouldn't have done that if it was a, a man. Mm. But they probably would have done. They probably yeah. would have done. Uh, you know, so let's not feel sorry for, for myself. Uh, because we're all we're all in, we all can be in those situations, can't we? So for men and women, you know, when you're in that situation, have courage, stand by your guns, stand by what you believe in, take a deep breath, stand back, don't don't respond, don't react, don't react too quickly, because we can all react very quickly and say
0: something in in haste yeah absolutely i think um i think it's it, it's sort of the compound challenge of the fact that also being the only the only woman in in the situation as well it, there, there's a disadvantage straight away isn't there in having having the courage to be able to to come up and speak forward i think uh i think that's uh really uh really important what with regards sort of um talking about having the the sort of voice inside your head then I think that's fantastic because I I have a similar thing and I try and encourage the same thing in my daughters as well um, yeah. and, and my son as well about doing the right thing and standing by their values and it was something that I was fortunate enough to be sort of brought up with but I think um that there's there's people who haven't had the benefit of that that that, that it can also be a challenge for as well which is why we we kind of need to look out for each other as well don't we to an extent
1: yeah th- 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 Absolutely. I'm a great believer in allies. I do believe that um, I am really, really blessed to have had a fabulous, fabulous um, upbringing that has given given me lots of courage and lots of power. I always remember I I went on a a course um, uh, with, uh, well, I didn't know anybody at the time, but but this group of women have become kind of my allies and my great friends. And this course was, was called Phenomenal woman. And it was, I think it was a three, four day course. But within an hour of this course, I think I was the only woman that wasn't crying. Um, because every, everybody's got baggage, and I've kind of thought, have I got to find my baggage? I didn't have any baggage, because I am kind of really blessed that I've had a really, really fabulous uh, childhood with fabulous uh, family but I do know that I am really, really uh, privileged. And I remember going into a local school because I, I do like going into schools if, if, if I can, so we can can be real world uh, models. And uh, I said to the, this, well, the school first of all, asked me if I would speak at, at, recep- at um, reception at the, in, in the morning, at the assembly and they said well what we'll do is we'll make sure the girls aren't there i went what and they said we'll make sure the girls aren't there so that they'll be just they'll be just you with with the boys and i said well why is that because isn't it wonderful for the girls to see a role model um and and Particularly where this school uh, was, it, it was a, a community where the, the girls weren't expected to go out, and I was pushing that they could come and they could do some apprenticeships in local haulage firms. But no, and um, the girls wouldn't. The girls wouldn't be doing that. And that was about five years ago, and that is hard to believe, isn't it? That at a school we're going to have an assembly with. A successful woman speaking, and they were going to exclude uh, the girls. Wow. Uh, and that, we were putting forward an opportunity for the school to be part of Think Logistics, and the school didn't take it up. And yeah. that's quite, that's quite a sad story, isn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think, um, yeah, no, it's it's you know I, I've come across it as well. I think I didn't I didn't realise it was wrong at the time, but you know I've um, I've interviewed people for roles when I was unemployed positions and I, I should, I'll never say who it was but you know I was always told if it's an older lady then all the better because she won't be having children and if it's a man all the better because she she won't have the, they won't have the problems for example as well I was told I was only a young lad in my early 20s I didn't really realize um, sort of how how awful that was, but when I think back, I just think the exclusion's horrific. It's really really bad. So well, the that's third it, area,
1: men and women applying for jobs as well, isn't it? Because don't they say that 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 men apply for jobs two years too soon, and women apply for jobs two years uh, too late, proportionate to their quali- qualifications? Uh, and again, I, I, another story is for a company that I know that they were. They they had a role, a senior role, and they particularly wanted a woman. But, of course, y- you can't say, I want a woman. So they advertised the job. and They got no women applicants. Reduced the salary, and all of a sudden, women start applying for the jobs. Wow. So, again, come on, girls. Have a bit of courage. <laughs> step forward. Yeah, for these.
0: yeah, step up 100%. <laughs> yeah, I think um... – I think that's that, that's vitally important. I think uh, they sort of generalizations, but um, it's very important to know your value, isn't it? I think that's such an important thing in business.
1: Yeah, all the way and, so, game, th- Values. Where do they? You know, where do you get your values from? Um, these these come from your childhood, from school. So, um, ironically. It's my mother who makes me a tough cookie, <laughs> but it's my father, because I am a daddy's girl. Uh, it's my father who kind of gives me my values of honest, open, work hard, integrity. Um, and if all else fails, Leslie, I'll buy a handbag. Really?
0: No, yeah, hundred percent. You're just making me reflect back on some of my dad's, some of my dad's special ones. So um, manners maketh the man. That was one of those ones. Yeah, which is always always a good one. Yeah, man's measured by his manners. Um, Yeah, treat others as you would like to be treated. You know, he he was full of all of them. To be fair, Um, being brought up, I suppose he was brought up in a god fearing family, so the values were really high up on the agenda. Yeah. uh, yeah, I think, I think you know, he's instilled that into me. You know, it, the, the, there's certain things that would be frowned upon now, things like, are you a man or a mouse? But it was that thing about, you know, I, I suppose the use of the word man was probably, in today's terminology, is probably not correct. But actually, the, the ethos behind, are you a man or a mouse, is, is about that, having that courage to just stand up and be counted and for what you believe yeah. in, you know, and yeah. just sort of instilling those into me as a lad as well. So, yeah, awesome. Um, so, we've, we've kind of gone the importance of allies and we've started to talk about values as well. So, the third, uh, yeah. area, the third area was the importance of, uh, of allies. Was, was there anything? I know you, you've sort of spoken a bit about that already, Leslie. Was there anything else you wanted to just cover on that? As well? uh,
1: yeah. Allyship is really, really important to me. And, and it, it's, it's probably quite rather um, strange that at my most successful uh, when I was, you know, MD of a multinational company, um, you know, juggling my life between Scotland, Wales, England, Belgium, France. And um, I didn't really, and I would be perceived to be really, really successful. I didn't really feel like I had many um, allies. I felt really, really uh, alone. Uh, I wasn't being the authentic me. Since I've left that world, and in that world I had had lots of support in different departments, but not in supportive people who I felt really, really close to, who I could turn to. Since I've left that world, and I'm running my my own business, um, I've kind of created I've created um, allies a- around me who, who I like to think that. Um, I am also a support and and allies of them. It's probably why three, eight people was born. Uh, And these are the people who, um, we all have different people for different things. People I can turn to when I'm down, people I can turn to when I need support. People who will prop me up when I've got problems in in business. And, And sometimes allies are the most unlikely of people. So I find that in my life when I've changed career a little bit but if the people most unlikely people have stepped forward the people who previously I thought be competitors so when I was an MD at Giro and, and MJL uh, arch competitors were redhead fray shankers that they are now and when I started in my own company they were the first people to contact me and give me business and support Great train. Uh, When I was at at Gondrand, my my first job, we never ever, I wasn't allowed to speak to to Jenny Baker, who at the time was the only other woman I knew in in transport, but I was not, don't speak to her, she's an arch enemy because they have a, have a, a service in rivaling ours. And when I left and became to set up my own business, which again was very, very scary, and um, she was the first person to ring me and say, mm-hmm. "Leslie, can I help?" And so you know never underestimate who who will step up to help you and 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 I like to think now that I will be that person to to other people either setting up in in their career or who've got an issue. Um, I was rewriting our website, and I put something that um I really believe in the power of vulnerability. And um, my husband said, oh, that's rubbish. I don't really understand what, what that means. Uh, and I said, what that means is it's really, it's really powerful to allow yourself to be vulnerable and to grow through that vulnerability. And, and it attracts people. So when at Freight People we did um, earned, recogn- earned recognition, I would told my story of in two thousand and eight being at public inquiry to two thousand and seventeen being one of the first earned recognition operators in in the UK. So you know things were really bad, and I allowed myself to say, this is what it's like when it's really really uh, really really bad, and you know especially in haulage we're in an industry. <laughs> where things go wrong things oh, go pretty yeah. much
0: shit really yeah. hits the fan
1: <laughs> yes it, it, i didn't want to say that shit word but yeah shit happens every day <laughs> and so allowing you to be vulnerable and say these things happen to me too life isn't perfect in in my world um i think is is really powerful it's really powerful and and allows you to be an ally to say to people yeah th- things may be bad now but but you can you can step step forward and i'm very fortunate to have some great allies uh both in in business and uh i have the most fabulous fabulous uh friends who if you're watching this i know i'm neglecting you at the moment but i love you all
0: (laughs) bless you yeah i totally i totally totally agree i think um I've I've had a real challenge sort of starting the business and I've lost contact with a lot of people because I just haven't had the time for a start but I think one of the really interesting things that I want to echo from my experience that you've just mentioned there was around the fact that the people who you think will be your competitors or who operate in a very similar type of business to you that may look like a rivalry actually just reach out and have a chat with them because yeah. all of like we talk about referrals in business where people have passed business to you that's a really nice fit for your business the people who operate most closely to what we do pass us the best business it's, it's a very stretch and and the most of it as well um you know the the, the partnerships and uh and and like the alliances that I've created with with other companies who offer compliance work and uh what have you when when someone's order book's full, where are they going to look? They're going to look yeah. to you or when something's maybe, you know, they recognize that your skill set is slightly different to theirs and that you can sort of cater to someone slightly better than than they can, for example, that it comes straight to you. So uh, I think that the rivalry thing, I think it's good to have rivalry. I think that's good for the market as well. But I also think that um, it's good that, you know, the the real rivals are the ones you need to work together with. It's a really interesting um because I think it opens up the market to you as well. We, we talked previously about, you know, that there's sort of training providers out there who are in like a race to the bottom, for example. But I think if the, the, the training providers who want to stand head and shoulders above the others, I think if, if they, you know, by, by having that sort of marketplace where, where that is there, I think the whilst there's rivalry, which is great, uh, I, th- I think that's really good for the market itself. And I think that that drives the value into the business as well because you, everyone's on their toes a lot more. I remember really well in one of my previous podcast episodes, I, I interviewed a chap called Neville Wright who, who owned Kiddy Care in Peterborough and sold to Morrison's Ooh. for tens of millions of pounds. And one of the things he said was that his rivals were were amazing. You know, John Lewis, um, Mother Care, they were, they were amazing because actually... He was able to see, you know, they'd done a lot of the research so he didn't have to. They had the glossy magazine, so he didn't have to worry about them. people knew what they were going to be buying. So as long as he was smart about his offer, he'd be able to get some business from that. And that really opened my eyes to understanding rivalry and that you can help each other learn, I think is a really key thing, which I guess is why I love the concept of freight people because I think it just gives that collaborative element to what we do. And I think transport can be quite insular, can't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's great. So when I started Great People, which was in January last year, so we're still a baby, um, there were uh, quite a few consultants who came along. And at first I was thinking, what are you doing? What are you doing coming on, on my patch? But that really, really wasn't a collaborative approach. And actually, they've become great friends and have and been so supportive, and I've supported them. It's a little bit like would, do, do, when you're having a drive-out, when well, we can have a drive-out, to go to a pub, would you go to a village where there's only one pub? You like to have a few, don't you? So there's room and there's business enough for all of us. And we all have different specialisms, don't we? We all have different specialisms, and it's great that we, that we, can, we can share. And, again, that's all what Great People's about, sharing.
0: Definitely, and I, I think, I think that it's, it's definitely, it, 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 you share, but also by making competitors better, you, you improve the marketplace, and therefore it means that you can the, the, the value in the marketplace is better, and I think that just elevates the whole, the whole service along the way. I think, uh, I think it's really important. Awesome, right? So, fourth area is follow your values. Talk to me a bit more about your values, then, Leslie, and we'll just explore those a little bit more
1: well we've spoken about my values it is it is supporting i, I like to think um again that i support uh, my friends i like to think i support my my colleagues i like to think i share um my my, my knowledge and i like to think that i'm open and and honest um, and those are the things that I, I, I strive for. So if I have to make a, a decision, um, then I try to go back to my values and, and write down wh- what, are, what are my, my values and, and is that true to, to my values. And I, I've, I've made decisions in life that um, have not been to follow, follow the money. If if I'd followed the money, I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be here now. Um, I'd be still in the international world of, of transport. Um, I'd still be this high high flower, uh, flyer on kind of big, big money. I am not on big big money. Um, but am I happy? And I think the values lead to more to happiness, whereas if if we are more aggressive in life and doing things that is just following the money and not following your values, it doesn't necessarily bring you happiness, does it? And I was in that world where I was in the money. and to everybody else, it looked a fabulous it looked a fabulous world. but I wasn't happy. So yeah. for me, following your values, it, it brings you more uh, contentment. You feel truer to yourself, and you feel feel happier. And in the long run, I think it does bring you success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it absolutely does. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, amazing. Right. So, don't fall in love. Talk to me about not falling in love. <laughs>
1: you love this one, don't you?
0: you I love do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So the story about don't fall in love, too young. So the reason that I didn't go back to Thompson holidays was because I fell in love. (laughs) So when I um, went to, so I studied foreign correspondence. Uh, Someone said to me when I was studying foreign correspondence, Leslie, you need to do shorthand and typing because that's what girls do and the equivalent now is is IT if you do IT you can you'll work anywhere because everybody needs IT in those days it was shorthand and typing so i got my job at gondrand in bradford which is still there there now as a pa to the general manager and that's when I started going to the French department the German department, following my passion, and fell in love. Otherwise, I would have probably gone back, or I would have gone back to Thompson holidays. But I fell in love and followed my passion. So the advice to young girls is because when at that age, you know, your hormones are going crazy, aren't they? And, and you think, oh, I'm in love, I'm gonna settle down. And 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 you could bring uh, you could miss opportunities, so that is why I say don't fall in love too soon. But it is important to fall in love a little bit later in Definitely. in life. <laughs> you yeah, are I going think, to. Fall I, think, in love I think
0: that'll in. be the advice. I think that'll yeah. be the advice for my daughters for certain. Exactly,
1: exactly. Because my my husband now is is my greatest ally, my greatest um, supporter. Uh, and um, he he knows my insecurities, and we have a sign um, by the sign by the side of the kitchen door that he's put there for me, and it says, um, "What if I fail? But what if I fly?" That's allowing the courage to uh, to come forward, and, and I remember. Um, when I did my, my first kind of talk, first ever talk, and it was for, for MicroLice, and I was support, uh, promoting She's RHA, and there was Princess Anne on the stage with me, and I was doing this big talk, and I thought, oh, that little voice, oh, my goodness, what if it, what if it always all goes, goes wrong? Uh, and I was leaving the house, uh, and my husband said to me, Leslie, be strong, be brave. And fly. So we have this big thing about flying now and and courage, which wouldn't have happened if I hadn't fallen in love again. So yes, uh, don't fall in love too soon. Um, just wait because we all change, don't we? Uh, but then do fall in love because we all go after, don't we? Work life uh, balance, and for me, work life balance um, is having that great family, having that, those great friends. So yes, I'd like to go out more to restaurants. I'd like to have more fabulous uh, holidays, but the most important thing is, is family and, and friends. I, I'm a great believer in, I, I liken myself to a never ready battery and I have to keep recharging my batteries because they will wear out, they will will wear out. And it's when they wear out that we need to call on this family and and friends. And like in business, shit happens in your family life. And if things are bad in business, you really, really rely on your family and friends to pull you through. And if things are bad in your home life, then sometimes it's great to go to the office and have a bit of relief. Okay. so so family, family friends are that work-life balance for me it's not necessarily all those fabulous um holidays but i would like one eventually
0: you <laughs> and me both leslie i'll tell you when, what,
1: the, when the camper van comes
0: yeah I, I, I must say that when you're talking about flying i know i know it was um it was very sort of deep and meaningful but i was i all started to think about can't wait till I can fly again, you know, and go on holiday and, and what have you. I think that'll be, uh, yeah, I just, I just can't wait to be fair. Okay. So sort of as a, as a sort of final point then, Leslie, what, we're both very passionate about the transport sector and about improving standards. If a young person was listening to this, particularly, we've got Kickstart coming out now as well, haven't we? So we're going to have potentially a rush of people. Hopefully, lots of transport operators have signed up to Kickstart, so they can start to sort of welcome in younger people into the business. And when I say this, I mean young young lads and, and young women as well. What would you What would your advice be to them, and, and and why would you say the transport sector is such a great industry for them to come into?
1: They need to be like a sponge. They need to soak it all in because this wonderful industry has so much to offer. You know, you met, so um, I don't know if she's watching this, but Louise in my transport office started off with me uh, a youth opportunity, I think 30 years ago, (laughs) right? Uh, On 20 pounds per week. And she was just doing the filing and then she moved on and she was on the transport desk then she moved on she was doing insurance then she's done health and safety then she's done planning then she's done accounts um, there is so much to do you can be in the warehouse you can be looking after it there's telematics it is such a massive industry So don't think, oh, this isn't for me. Just be like a radar because there are so many jobs. You're dealing with so many interesting people. So one day I may be speaking to um, Sam Smith in the warehouse who organises the transport. The next day I could be speaking to um, the Uh, you're speaking to so many people. I'll just tell you another little story. When I first started out, and I'd set up uh, MJL, I'd been headhunted to set up MJL, and there was little old me trying to build up this business. And I visited uh, a company in Dewsbury. and there was, a, and the guy there was running the transport, and um, he had a flat cap on, and he had a pipe because you could smoke those days. Yeah, hey, alas, alas, hey, shouldn't you be at home cooking your husband's dinner? And it was the first customer I'd ever really been to see. And um, and I remember saying to him, Well, you clearly haven't tasted my cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I diagnosed, it just it just came to mind that little that little story. and um, so yeah, just but don't think oh this isn't for me, just really that there are so many opportunities. And whatever, whatever department you go in, or whatever you do, throw everything at it. Throw all your passion at, at it. That's As I've said, that is what attracts people. And if that's the department you like, you will grow. There are so many opportunities, working in the UK, working abroad. This, this is an industry that is a worldwide industry. It's not something that you're just going to be in Nottingham, Leicester, Yorkshire, wherever. The world, the world is your oyster. Remember that.
0: Yeah, the world is your oyster, and that, that's a uh, that's great. And that, uh, I was going to say that's applicable to young people, and particularly women coming into the sector as well. Because stand up and have the courage, and uh, and and apply for that job as well. Apply for that job that's out of your price range as well, right? Or what you perceive to be the price range as well. Leslie, yeah. it's been absolutely amazing having you on. Um, Thank you, so it, It's been it's been fantastic. Um, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening. Uh, Leslie, how do people find out a bit more about you? I know at the top of the programme, we might have had people join us um, who who sort of didn't hear you introduce yourself originally. So please just reiterate for people sort of who you are and where you're from and particularly about Great People, where they can come and find you.
1: If you would like to join my Great People forum, then please go on the website, uk. You can search on Eventbrite, Uh, Freight People March, Freight People April, you can come to the first forum for free and thereafter it's just £10, there is always a talk on a hot uh, topic, there is always an update from NASAS which is the National Vehicle Crime Intelligence Services, so they talk to us about where are the crime hotspots Uh, What are the types of crime we need to um, watch out for? There is always um, an update from DAC Beechcroft, my legal sponsors, about legislative uh, changes. And I have some other fabulous sponsors who are always on there, uh, available to answer questions. So I have Claire Howard from Novus & Co. Chartered Accountants. I have Chris Leverett from Asset uh, Finance. I have Motors uh, Commercials, the largest DAF dealership. Uh, I have Conciliar Legal talking about um, uh, human resources. I have DTEC. D- uh, the drugs and alcohol specialists. I have Road Skills Online, uh, which is another partner of mine, which is online uh, learning for for drivers. We all know how difficult it is getting our drivers t- um, together to talk to them. These are bite size uh, toolbox talks, and you have your chance to say take um, to have your say, so you can be as. Quiet as you like. You can say that, sit there, and just be a wallflower. Ladies, don't be a wallflower. Uh, or you can put things in the chat box and we'll ask questions. It's not a webinar where we're just watching. You can be as involved or not as involved as you like. Uh, I always send out top tips afterwards. So the aim is that everybody goes away with top tips that you can put into your business or personal uh, life so it's my latest baby uh, obviously if you've got transport you can contact frayling europe www.fraylingeurope.co.uk and if you'd like me to come along and do a compliance audit or you want some training it's www.fraylingeurope.co.uk or if you'd just like to send me a message it's leslie at fraylingeurope.co.uk that i'd love to see you at people does that does that oh, cover it I, I don't like selling myself i find it very difficult
0: oh don't worry i think i think you did it you did a grand I job i
1: think i said shall i just interview you
0: <laughs> I, I think well i'll be well up for that um awesome leslie um i think i think that's everything i think that's everything so my final thoughts are this is on our live, so do follow us on LinkedIn, Peter Rushmer or, or Leslie O'Brien on LinkedIn. And um and then also, it's going to go on my podcast, which is a half dozen things. So please do listen in. If you're listening on a half dozen things, please do share it with your friends. Hopefully, you got value from it. Uh, Leslie's absolutely awesome and shared some wonderful stories from her, from her time in transport. So thank you so much for that, Leslie. And yeah, uh, yeah I hope, hope everyone's got value from it. And uh, take care and catch you all soon. Take care now. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate your time. Please do follow me at Pete Rushmer on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Follow Flagship Training UK and you can find us on YouTube too at Flagship UK.